All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me on Twitter everywhere at nonsense underscore Steve. I am joined by Mr. Neil Smith. You can find him everywhere at nonsense underscore Neil. Neil, I mean, I talk to you pretty much on a daily basis, more than my wife at this point. However, to the uh, to the general public here, I haven't talked to you in a long time. How's it going? Yeah, that's right. As far as they're concerned, I we we go back on the hooks that we hang on for the three to four day intervals in between shows. But yeah, uh, we just ignore each other for the two weeks that we uh, we've been separated here. Although uh, that's this, not in actuality true. But uh, yeah, sure. This guy again for, for the sake of the public. Yes. Yeah. No, it's been good. It's been good. It's been busy. So no, but I'm back. I'm back from the busy season, and uh, and uh, thank God it's over. That's all I have to say that, about of course, that. is season with a Z, as we all yep. know. Yes. Because that Absolutely. is the way it goes. And we're all just living in Mike Evans' season, which is fact. That is just, it needs to be globally accepted. Because I am sick of these Chris Godwin truthers just out here trying to rain on my Mike Evans parade. I've had enough of it. I mean, well, good luck with that. So your your game plan Never gonna is to stop. get people yeah. to see reason and exactly. re- understand math. Okay, so my sample on that is three years of doing the show with you. How are we doing on retiring some of the arguments we've had to make over that time? Not well. I don't know. How's Corey <laughs> Davis doing? <laughs> Same as always. Does it stop people from wanting to talk about Corey Davis? Still pretty good. He's still <laughs> doing pretty good. Somebody's got to manage that 7-Eleven, and he is crushing it. Wow. <laughs> Oh boy, oh boy! Hey, in a league where Chester Rogers in Tennessee, is still they, they, is, <laughs> look, Steve, in a league where Chester Rogers is still on a roster, Corey Davis will play until he's sixty. Okay, like that's let's just be real about the state of it at this point. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue with that. Like, I, I would, I would say I can, but I can't. No, that was rock solid. There's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's there's just nothing more. There's nothing more. If Devin Funches and Chester Rogers. Can be a tag team duo on the same team. Corey yep. Davis will always have a chance. Exactly. All right. Well, let's get into this news. We've got buys galore. It is, of course, the bipocalypse. Uh, the Texans, Patriots, Broncos, Jags, R's, and Eagles. I'm winded just from listing them. All on the buy this week. A lot of uh, fantasy starters in that. Lotta, lotta. Especially on the Broncos. Whew. Oh, so many. So, so many. many. No offense. Uh, oh. Yep. Them oh, in the man. R's. Quarterback uh, Mahomes practicing in full. He's also out there doing jumps and flips when they win football games. We covered so clearly this. He's, he's a robot. The robotic knee is just coming along nicely. Yep. He's just trying to avoid all the drug tests when he gets back, but I mean, he you won't. know. <laughs> They'll still Look, be there. I just hope they share the T1000 technology at some point, you know, with regular people. Uh, no. Yeah. No, they won't. That sounds like the NFL, I know. They won't do that. And we They, pseudo- they have pseudo-covered. all kinds of, you know, miracles of science going on there in Kansas City. They got <laughs> Mahomes' knee. They got the, what was it, Tyreek Hill had the basically broken collarbone and came back in like four weeks. Uh, Andy <laughs> Reid's on like his fifth heart. I mean, they're just constantly churning out those robot parts over there. That's fair. That's fair. That is uh, fair. They should really share that technology with Carolina, though, because Cam well, Newton, we don't know what the hell's going on with that foot. He has been put on IR and is done for the year. He should have been put on IR forever ago. And instead, they just kept dangling it out there that he was going to come back. And then he just didn't. So how concerned are you long-term for Cam? Well, I said when he was initially hurt that this is probably going to be – because I am obviously a a medical doctor. And I said this is probably going to end up being – exactly, doctor. Probably going to be a Lisfranc injury. And how many of those have we ever seen somebody play through and come back from without the surgery? Because I have never seen that happen. In, or play through well. I mean, just make it okay. worse if they try to play through it. Fine, but he can't move, and that's like integral to camp. Yeah, moving. exactly. That's like a big part of it. We've seen what happens when he's playing hurt and he has to stand back there as a statue. It looks like Ben Roethlisberger, except not as accurate. So it's yeah, it's, that was it's, the discussion we had to begin with, right? Was that yeah. it? It was like a Liz Frank 
and he was probably going to be done for the year. We didn't understand why he wasn't done for the year. They kept saying he was going to rehab and come back. It wasn't that bad. And then they were shocked that he wasn't getting better it's from not having not the surgery. Better. It's like, yeah, no kidding. So now he's going to go and have the surgery, and that's fine. You know, we have seen people come back from the surgery, uh, but I'm more worried just about Cam Newton at this point as the human body that is Cam Newton, because he just gets hit and hit and hit and hit, and he just seems to get more and more injured. So, yeah, he'll be... Uh, I imagine for next year's rank, Steve, that he'll be significantly lower than where he's been the last couple seasons. Would you not agree with that? I would not agree with that. No? I mean, maybe the general consensus would be, but in my own personal rankings, I definitely would not have that as the case. Uh, the arm strength was a big question coming into this year, remember? And, uh, I mean, From this is going to give him plenty of time to heal that arm injury, right? Like. Yep. It's it's a full year now that he's basically not going to throw. So I think that's going to be fine. He'll come back from the foot surgery all right. He's not going to be the same, like, fullback he was at the goal line. Yeah, that's going to – the running so is going to change curtail, his game. That's already been slowing down a little bit anyway. But in terms of the passing game and as a quarterback, you know, I, I would still think off the top of my head he's probably in – the back end of top 10 right but i'm talking about when he was like four to six because he's not going to be there again there's going to yeah. be a little bit of a change but, again, but that guard, was all the rushing so. i mean that's right. that was yeah. just never going to be there again so i mean that. maybe so. he could slot in around like nine or ten but that either way it's not there's really no real more news to it unfortunately by now you've already made other arrangements and yep. that's kind of it for the season so unfortunately it's a just pour one out and we'll see him next year and we'll worry about worrying where to rank him in May. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, running back news, uh, Neil, Mark Walton has been suspended again. So I, uh, I will take your formal apology at any time shocked. to just go ahead for just Look, ruining this. For we me. both, we both couldn't be right about it. I, as we'll get into later, I said I wouldn't be shocked if he did something boneheaded and got suspended. And here we are. Now, to so, be fair, <laughs> the suspension is from his three off-season arrests. And the okay. NFL is That's just fair. so good at paperwork <laughs> that it took them for some reason until week 10 to suspend him mm-hmm. for those three off-season arrests. Yep. It's, so it's not like he went out and partied this week. They were just like, oh, wow, the Dolphins are actually playing him? Well, we better suspend him. That's- well, it's because they had all the people at Tyreek Hill's house. So he got he got lost in the shuffle. <laughs> so, here, so what <laughs> actually happened was filed. the Dolphins called up the league office and said, hey, we have a real player here. Do something. <laughs> and New York said, we got you. And they suspended him for four games. So now it's the Kalen Balaz show. Woo! Ducking under screen passes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, and that's the other thing we didn't have on the news. As if the Dolphins could not get worse, they lose Preston Williams for the year. Ugh. Yes, Ty R, which is Talk like their about only poor one out. good player, which is a real shame. Oh, my God. So uh. we had, we had you know, the bright young stars of Preston Williams and Mark Walton, and now we're back to Devontae Parker and Kalen Balaj. <laughs> and Ryan Fitzpatrick what is this? to top it and off. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. It's, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's just be. a bucket of vomit. Hey, on the other side, on, on the other side, now they've got all their other secondary receivers healthy for the first time since that Patriots game. So they've got Jakeem Grant back. They've got Fast Albert back. <laughs> they've got Devontae Parker. And they've got Ryan Fitzpatrick trying to take on the Colts coming off their first win of the season. It's going to be ridiculous. Like, there's just going to be – it's gonna, this game could turn into a ridiculous track meet where the, the, the game just – the Colts still win, but it's just going to be – it's going to be insane because they're just going to give up on running the ball with Kalen Balaj in the first, you know, quarter. <laughs> so – that's 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 gonna be that's gonna be amazing. I'm just saying, week 16, tank bowl, Bengals, Dolphins, flex it to prime time. Can't miss football. Just do it. Can't, just, can't just miss football. Put, I want Chris Collinsworth, and <laughs> I, I, just, I want him out there. I want him talking about what a great game it will breaking down, breaking it down, all the yep. technical aspects. Oh yeah, 
Al Michaels giving me all the gambling odds. <laughs> just, she, that put it in my veins. Come on. Can we somehow uh, get Pete Rose as like a special guest? Mixed in. Yeah, can we get him just like saying Pete Rose things? Because I, I got to tell you, that's the only way you could make it better for me. I mean, I'd be right up there. That'd be an all-time. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, speaking of the Adam Gase experience down there in Miami. Le'Veon Bell dealing with a knee injury. Are you concerned at all for Le'Veon? A little bit. A little bit. Production hasn't been. Eyebrow raised. Yeah, it hasn't been spectacular recently. Some of that, as we talked about in the preseason at length, is Adam Base, Adam Base, Adam Gase, running back killer. But now you add this uh, knee injury to a guy who's uh, dealt with some knee injuries in the past, getting up there in years. Bad team. They paid him a lot of money. Uh, I, I, yeah, little slightly concerned about this. And the other problem with it is, is that there is no replacement. There is no right. handcuff on the Jets that is going to get you Le'Veon Bell numbers. And what's also incredibly frustrating and also super Jets-like is the alarmingly easy running back schedule and just schedule in general that the Jets have left to play this season. So it's a mix of concern and frustration, I'd say, on that news story for anyone who has Le'Veon Bell. And I'm right there with you. Yeah, and it's it's not even the fact, like you said, there's no true handcuff either because if something were seriously wrong with Le'Veon and he were to miss time, it's what would out. happen is, well, it's it's going to end up being Ty Montgomery is the pass catching back. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And Josh Adams just got signed off the practice squad. Remember from the Eagles last year, he is not a pass all, catcher at all, all but he is a bulldozer. 2.6 yards per carry of Josh Adams is now on the Jets behind yes. a bad O-line. Woohoo! Yippee! So, uh, I, I have a feeling that it would be Montgomery getting the pass catching and then uh, Powell and Adams would be, you know, looking at your between the tackles Mostly guys. Powell, it, it could but... it could become what the Niners were with Tevin Coleman out. And it's a three-headed monster oh, so that they like all the have Lions their own specific have right job. Now with Truck yeah, exactly. still there. Sure. Yeah, that was still yeah. a thing. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yeah. Sure, until C.J. Anderson signs. Right. <laughs> you just keep saying that into the universe. I'm going to put it in the universe until you it listens. Keep saying that until it finally happens and it will look, come to fruition look, look man you're one jd mckissick foot injury away from from being like right on the door of it so like it it could happen I'm one more ty johnson having a ty johnson performance from it happening yeah, one more ty johnson six in ppr yeah that's that yeah yeah keep, keep coming at me with your ty johnson keep losing your games <laughs> and that's fine you want to die on that hill? I get, we get, I get, I cannot believe the amount of Ty Johnson truthers that are out there in the universe. Like it's just, it's not. St- where's my fetch drop? It's not gonna stop trying to make it happen. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. It won't it? Won't happen. Just move on from it. It is not a thing. And I keep, I heard it on the the. You know what? I won't say who, because because uh, we like them. But on their podcast, they're talking about the value of Ty Johnson as a flex, and they're going to stick with it moving forward. And I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> what is wrong with you? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, what is wrong with you people? Stop making excuses. Like, it's oh, let's talk about somebody who actually might have fantasy value, though. Let's talk. Yeah, about our only boyfriend. other running back news here boyfriend. is Darius Geis is back. My boy, my boy is returned back from the IR. So he has been reactivated by the R's, and he will be the starting back next week. Uh, I had it out there today in the uh, Strength of Schedule report every Wednesday. Check it out, importantnonsense.com. The Darius Geis trending up because their schedule is relatively light for the back half, and uh, the fantasy playoffs, it gets pretty rough. But to get you there, they have the schedule that, you know, Geis could end up carrying you especially through the bipocalypse and stuff here uh after this week you know guys is going to help you probably get to the playoffs with the schedule he has and how much they're going to run it with him and you know at this point adrian peterson just looks he looks done well he's hurt is also now he looks yeah. done and now he's literally he's clearly injured and they had no one else to play for the last two weeks and they just had no other option and because it's adrian peterson he's just I gotcha. He just went out there and just tried his best. And uh, 
I think now, like I'm sure he's not happy about having to sit down, but he might be slightly less annoyed than normal because uh, he looks genuinely hurt. And then they kept saying like, he's on the injury report every week with like a different injury. And they're just like, Nope, he's going to play. <laughs> he's in the hospital. He's, he's playing. So kudos to him. Always been a gamer. It shows you how much they like Wendell Smallwood. Yeah. Yeah. It really tells you everything you need to know about that. But also, as I was going to say, uh, guys makes sense because if they're going to keep playing Haskins, what are they going to do? Let Haskins throw it and just right. shatter his confidence any more than it already is. And to who at this point, besides scary Terry, obviously, but that connection hasn't really panned out. That was a case Keenum thing. So, yeah. And yeah. the tight ends are all hurt. The other receivers have not stepped up permanently. It seems by the, the passing way, game has been rough. Yeah. There's, there's the no, least. yeah, there's nothing like as much as I love Trey Quinn, you know, he, he can't do everything. Yeah. And guys has decent hands too. And with Chris Thompson also hurt, he'll get the pass catching opportunities as well. So, yeah. So that, yeah. that whole situation for the rest of this year is going to be pretty brutal, but guys, probably the one bright spot as long as he himself can avoid re-injury Meanwhile, uh wide receiver tight end hey deshaun jackson's to the ir still hurt who would have known i'm sorry i should laugh who who could have warned you at deshaun jackson aka mr glass cannot stay healthy (laughs) i'm shocked Wait, is this just is this just directed at the nerd? Because normally I feel like we're talking to the audience, and I feel like you're just talking directly to Jason. That episode. I'm just hoping it seeps in, just, <laughs> just right into his pores, uh, just absorbs uh, in there, and he, he feels uh, it. He's going to end the season with 41 fantasy points that he amassed in week one. What were the other fun Deshaun Jackson stats? Where he's going to finish uh, like Deshaun Jackson finishes with the third best. Uh, what was it? Yards per target since 2009. Kudos. What a season. Ah, oh, the year he had. Remember 2019 fondly. Oh, the what, a, what, a, what an immediate roller coaster to the end of it here, too. <laughs> After waiting so long, he's finally going to come back, and he made it like four plays into that game, and then that was the end he of that. He had a catch. Good for him. Good for him. He got that 10th catch. Had so to Deshaun- get to double digits. <laughs> So you think Deshaun Jackson's going to retire? I think he should. I think he should have retired like two years ago. But will he? Probably not. He likes well, money. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. As long as the Eagles are willing to keep <laughs> keep giving me money. Yeah, somebody's got to buy those leather jackets and chains. And it's not just going to be him. So That's fair. Those look good, though. Does look good. Uh, Brandon Cooks is seeing a concussion specialist. He's already been ruled out this week. Long term, uh, we talked about before, this could be a, an extended process that uh, it, it's a scary situation for Brandon Cooks. So uh, Josh Reynolds, as we've talked about a couple of times, big time ad off waivers. Uh, Evan yeah. Ingram, the other one, also uh, ruled out already in a walking boot. So yep. that's not Both good. Of those are and scary. again, again, when when's the last time you heard me say Evan Ingram injured? Woo, it never yeah, happens. That's what I'm saying. Both of these are scary because of the players that they are and how injured they have been. And they have a history of things lingering with them. And Brandon Cooks is especially scary because it's how many concussions for him? You know what I mean? It's it's a lot of concussions for Brandon Cooks. At this point. So that's, that's particularly scary. So I think they're smart to take the long-term approach with that and have him go see some secondary specialists and try and see what's going on there. Uh, lastly, Josh Gordon, after getting traded last week uh, to the Seahawks, is now going to make his debut on Monday Night Football. So, we saw in that explosion against the Bucks that both uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf absolutely went off. We kind of had this discussion within the staff chat, and you guys talked about it a little bit on the Friday show you know, what happens with the value of the three of them and with the addition of Josh Gordon now, is DK Metcalf a sell-high candidate? I mean, candidate, sure. Uh, I think it just depends in what your format is. In standard redraft, I lean towards yes, because as we talked about, there's just not enough targets. There's just, they don't throw the ball enough and they're not playing Tampa Bay every week. 
So it's right. it's it's one of those situations where in standard, I for think all it, intents and purposes, DK Metcalf just hit his ceiling. Pretty much. That's for this season, I think. Now, if you play in some sort of dynasty or keeper format where you can get DK Metcalf for an insane value, that's a little bit of a different conversation to me because we don't know if Josh Gordon is going to remain a Seahawk beyond this season. So, it does, you know what I mean? Does that does that factor in for you? Because that's the decider for me in some of these decisions is in, in, in PPR and in standard redraft. If you can get somebody to pay you for DK Metcalf's performance last week and upgrade into a different wide receiver or help yourself at running back, because running back is just absolute train wreck. Uh, it's probably worth it because there's just not enough targets to feed all three of them. I think it also tanks out guys like David Moore who were on the fringes of fantasy relevance right. at the deepest levels of it, like the 16-team level, those yeah, are no Brown. longer... None of that is attractive anymore. So that's kind of my stance on it. I'd like to hear your thoughts, though. What do you think about Josh yep, agreed. Uh, because, again, as you said, in a redraft... Or not a redraft, in a keeper league, dynasty league, DK Metcalf, obviously a monster. We talked about him in the preseason. Dude has all the intangibles. He's got the size. He's got the hands. He can absolutely be a premier wide receiver in this league, and, and there's just no doubt about that. And with Tyler Lockett in the slot doing what he does and, and the way that they can produce, if they ever unleashed that passing offense and Russell Wilson, you've seen the numbers they can put up and what they can do. And adding a legitimate guy like Josh Gordon on the other side for the rest of this season, it, 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 it muddles it all up for me. I feel like it downgrades everybody I understand that Lockett doesn't do the same things that the other two do on the outside, but it's still, you only have X amount of plays. You only have X amount of targets. They have to come away from somewhere. And at this point, if I'm a defense, I'm keying in on Tyler Lockett, and I'm saying, beat me with the rookie. Well, they've been doing that. They've been hitting DK Metcalf and beating him with the rookie. Well, it's because so now I'm saying when he's, when he's going against the twos, he's just so much more physically impressive right. than those guys that just put it somewhere in the vicinity and he's got a shot at it. So now it's the same thing where I'm saying, all right, I'm still going to try to stop Tyler Lockett over the middle. You know, try to beat me on the outside with Josh Gordon, who doesn't know the playbook yet. And until they do that. I think that's what they're going to try to force the ball into. So at least for a couple of weeks, they're going to try to get him acclimated and get him an increased number of targets. And then down the line, if after two or three weeks, we'll see how it actually shakes out when they're trying to run their offense the way they want it to go. But yeah, I mean, after this season, he's an unrestricted free agent. I find it hard to believe they'd pay up to keep him. Maybe he'd want to stay if it's like a culture he likes or something. Or maybe if he's not if they, getting offers somewhere else. Maybe if they but, win something too, then right, that, like maybe that could happen because they they are a pretty good football team. They're they're going to be capable of going to the playoffs this year. You know what I mean? Like that's that's why I, think I agree. They did this for, for the purposes that we have here in a PPR league, in a redraft league, I will absolutely sell DK Metcalf at his current value given what he just did. If someone's going to look at those numbers and say, well, over the last X amount of weeks, his production's gone up and up and up, and he just boomed against Tampa Bay, I will absolutely take whatever value I can get on that as long as it makes sense. Because I still think DK Metcalf is in that back-end wide receiver three-slash-flex range, Yeah, even well, with Josh Gordon coming in. Well, especially if the Josh Gordon thing doesn't pan out. There's always right. that, too. We have There's many things and reasons why that might not work. Some involving football and some not involving football. <laughs> and uh, uh, this, this whole thing could blow up and we could see just Josh Gordon barely playing at all. That is possible. So that's the other right. thing about it. But I don't consider that. And if that. that happens, then Metcalf is still a high-end three. And you would regret, that's my point, you'd regret probably yeah. trading it at this point because you'd be staring down your high-end third receiver at this point for the rest of the year, guy with upside to get into that two- wide receiver two territory on almost a weekly basis, even in bad matchups. Cause even when it's a bad matchup and they, they, as you've said, they really key in on trying to stop Tyler Lockett. And the one guy you didn't mention is the other guy they ask you to beat them with, which is whatever, whoever happens to be playing tight end for Seattle at the moment. 
because that just seems to get worked in. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a rotating like, thing. I mean, at this point, it's um, uh, Hollister. So yes, and that's and but, that's probably that's kind of an interesting one. We'll see if he yeah. could, you know, do that a couple more times, at least one more. And it depends too, like what the the value you could get. Like, um, would you trade DK Metcalf to get in on David Montgomery? (sighs) PPM. See, that's the thing. Obviously, like that's the range. I know it is. It's it's the range, and I feel like. But the thing is. That's pr- you probably would because of how bad running back is at this point, right? So that's that's kind of the the issue is you're trading a wide receiver, which in theory there's you probably have better replacement value options on that to get a running back. So yeah, I probably would depending on exactly how my team worked. Right. Yeah. If you were if you needed a running back like uh, Devonta Freeman. No. No. I don't want to do, really want to go there. Yeah, I don't want Devonta Freeman specifically. That's that's why. That's a different thing. So I'd probably stand mm-hmm. pat there. But um, the volatility of Devonta Freeman this season is... I get why, but... Jamal Williams. That's an interesting one, because anybody on the field with Aaron Rodgers. But that's the thing. He's kind of sharing time with... Let's see. Would you do it for... Uh, well, to answer your question... Probably not. Would you do it for Devin Singletary? Because I do it absolutely. for Devin Singletary. I would do it for Devin yeah, Singletary. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a name I like better on that list. If we're going in the David Montgomery range, would you do it for Austin Eckler? Yes. Yeah, I probably would too. Um, would you do it for David? Jo- oh, I would absolutely do it for David Johnson. He's only rated here for one week. Um, would you do it for Joe Mixon? Um, yes, but that's close. That is close. Um, and I guess the Ronald Jones. Um, ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to go no on Ronald Jones. Me too, but it's right on the line. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. We're talking about For me, like same RB. value is like Jordan Howard, Royce Freeman. Yeah. Those are the yeah, guys I have in that you're, range. You're in that yep. neighborhood. You're in the, the 20-somethings of running back is kind of what you're what you're looking at here for a lot of this stuff. Um, if you could get somebody to give you more than that, the 20 somethings of running back, I guess that the point being, you should take that. So if I like, for example, if I could get Devin Singletary, uh, that's the one I would probably try and do first. If I could also, there are, uh, you could get buy low situations as well. Um, in the same, like I, I just updated my rest of season ranks on the website today as well. You can check that out in the rest of season ranks section. Uh, but DK Metcalf, I have rest of season in the same area as Sterling Shepard, dealing with the concussion right now. If you can wait that out, and Christian Kirk. So Christian guys like Kirk. that, Christian Kirk. Where, yeah, I, I mean, basically in the same range. So if you can wait for them to be healthy, absolutely, I'd be all over that. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, if you want to go like and kind um, with it. Uh, would you do it for uh, Golden Tate? Um, let's see. Golden Tate, I would say I have in the same range. So, yeah, if you could do that deal, I'd probably do it. There's so many like rest of on- season. I have Golden Tate at seventy-two and Metcalf at seventy-nine. So, okay, sure. So you, you'd improve a little bit. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Would you do it for Robert Woods? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm, I I'm still a Robert Woods believer. Well, I think so. you might be able to get that done. Is my point because the people that have Robert Woods and I'm speaking right. as one of them are pretty frustrated. So, um, you could uh, get that done. I would absolutely do it for somebody like Marvin Jones if somebody was willing to let that happen. Yeah, but I think he's just been too hot lately. I know that's the problem. Is that he's kind of been too good. Probably a couple weeks too late on that. Uh, but, yeah. And you do it for any tight end that would make sense. Um, yeah, I think... Let's see. I have it here. 
the uh, the lowest tight end I have in that range is Jason Witten, who for rest of season I have is number nine. So any of the top nine tight ends I'd be willing to make that move for. Well, yeah, I'd say that's that's about right. So yeah, DK Metcalf, if you could get return on investment, return on investment to that level, I think we both agree I would do it. Unless I'm playing in some sort of keeper dynasty league, and in that case, you would have to pay up significantly more. I think. Yeah, well, in that case, I'd wait it out. <clears throat> I would just see what happens with it this season, because, like I said, even with Gordon there, I feel like he's a flex at worst, and then you're talking about down the line next season, he's probably a wide receiver too. It's very possible. It just depends on how the rest of that roster shakes out. Cause I, I don't know what they'll, what the will happen with the David Moores and the Jaron Browns. And, you know, do they go and get more rookies to replace those guys? And, you know, exactly how is this all going to shake out? And that's, that's kind of the, the question marks with Seattle right now. It seems like they've found their identity again, which is we're going to be a run first team because that's been working. So. Fantasy season is in full swing, but you can get covered with Roto Assurance for your DFS team. All you have to do is draft your team on any DFS platform out there, then head over to rotoassurance.com and fill out the daily fantasy insurance form. All they need is some basic information like your name, email, how much the contest entry fee is, and the player that you want to insure. When you're doing that, you can enter promo code NONSENSE, that's N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, to get 20% off of your coverage. If your insured player gets injured in the first half and does not return for the second half of the game due to that injury, then you're covered. You get your full entry fee back to that DFS contest. So what do you have to lose? Head on over to rotoassurance.com, use promo code NONSENSE to save 20% on your plan, and remember that injuries can happen at any time, so sign up today. All right, so uh, we, we've kind of talked about this a little bit in the off season, and we are going to go into a, a new segment we have this year called the Hot Take Time Machine. And to help us with that, we bring back Mr. Jack Cavanaugh. Jack, welcome. Welcome, Jack, welcome back, to Wednesday Jack. show welcome once back. again. Thanks for having me here, guys. Pleasure to be back on the podcast, as always. All right, Jack, so uh, you, you kind of put together this whole uh, hot take time machine for us, so uh, let's, uh, let's get into it here. I've seen people activate this machine a thousand times. That's why I built this time machine. McBoing, boing, glavin, fly the hiding guy. My time machine has worked. After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the blink of an eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the winner is Cincinnati by 200 points. Hot Take Time Machine, going through our hottest takes of the offseason. All right, so uh, what uh, basically what happened is I took a little vacation for a little while, uh, got hopped in my time machine and went back in time and looked through some of the best takes you guys had throughout the offseason. And so we're going to start with the crown jewel. Not just the best. We're going to start with the crown jewel, of course. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was you, both of your number one player in fantasy football this season over the consensus Saquon Barkley. So how do you feel about that? Dunk. Oh, we're pretty open about how we feel about that weekly on the show. Dunk again. Dunk again. <laughs> Get on the rim. I just have to make sure to give you guys your due and uh, give you credit to that take because that yeah, nailed it. Completely nailed it. Uh, another one you completely nailed is Michael Thomas. Both of you had him as the wide receiver two behind DeAndre Hopkins, consensus wide receiver one, of course. Michael Thomas, wide receiver two over Devontae Adams. Yeah, again, that's just that's opportunity. That's that's the big hands. That's the big body, and that's Drew Brees. And and, and we said Drew Brees all along, and then it turned out Teddy Bridgewater. How about that? It just Can turns out that Michael Thomas is incredibly talented. As we know, it, ter- As it we turns know, out talented just, receivers do things. Yep. And then they've got the, it's just the schedule. It just, it all lines up for Michael Thomas, just being a monster. Uh, speaking of talented receivers, just doing things. You both were very high on Julian Edelman. Uh, Neil, you had him at wide receiver six, Steve, you had him slightly lower wide receiver seven, and he was going in the fourth round. People were not in on Julian Edelman at all. So uh, what brought you to that conclusion? And how does it feel to be so right? 
Oh, it feels good. Oh, yeah. Oh, it feels it so good. a lot like that. Yeah. <laughs> not like we that. talked about it a lot in the preseason. And uh, you know what, Neil? I'll let you take this one because this was a lot of your baby throughout the entire summer. Yeah. So just th- to sum it up, the whole argument just comes down to if you took all the games without Gronk in recent history, you would get a 16-game season that was 80 catches for 1,300 yards and three touchdowns. And you got to figure the touchdown thing is a fluke. So... You increase that a little bit, just given the opportunity, and that's how you arrive at Julian Edelman It's as wide receiver six. It's not brain surgery. It's just they took the giant polar bear that had played on the Patriots for a long time, and he retired to go sell CBD oil and hang out on the set of, of Monday Night Football. So that like, there's this huge target share that had to get divvied up, and then you go look at all the other pieces that are in New England, especially at that time, it was Edelman and Gordon who didn't even get reactivated until right at the window, effectively. And then, oh, they had, you know, that Antonio Brown guy who people made for literally one game and never forget. And uh, <laughs> and so there you go. It just it, it all lines up for Julian Edelman to just be a target monster and to just have this massive season, which to this point he has been. Yeah, when we first started that, it was Julian Edelman and no one. Like yeah. the number two Literal receiver no on that team was James White. Like it was nobody. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Philip Dorsey. And then uh, at the end, Josh Gordon got activated. And then, of course, right before the season started, they got Antonio Brown. And it kind of fluctuated our rankings a little bit because of the the new additions. But the the one constant was always Julian Edelman and the targets he was going to receive, and and that's just panned out to this point. Yeah, completely nailed it there. Uh... One thing to add to that is, uh, what happens if the big polar bear does return to the Patriots? Well, then he things... was awful. Last he was year. awful. He looked like he was like a fat he kid retired because his body was done. Remember that time that he tried to tackle a guy in Miami and his whole body disintegrated on national television? Because I remember that. We could post the video on the website if people like. Because it's uh, it's spectacular. All right, so Julian Edelman not going anywhere rest of the season, bank it. I don't think he's uh, coming back, by the way. So, <laughs> Fair enough. All right, uh, we also have Stephon Diggs. Uh, consensus was Adam Thielen. He was the guy last year. He was Kirk Cousins' boy, favorite target on the team. Uh, and everyone had uh, Stephon Diggs ranked behind Adam Thielen. You guys were both very high on Diggs. Uh, Steve had him at wide receiver 12. And... Uh, Neil, you had him at wide receiver 14, and both of you had Adam Thielen at wide receiver 17. How does that feel being so right on Stephon Diggs being the real wide receiver one? Uh, granted, Thielen has been hurt, but Stephon Diggs, wide receiver one in Minnesota. Still counts. <laughs> it, was touch, it was touch and go there for a little while. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was touch no, and go we- there. Again, we talked about this, the fact that uh, when they made this transition to the new offensive coordinator, that uh, Stefan Diggs, over that time, had basically the same amount of targets, was just as involved in the offense. Uh, they were just running the ball more. And during that time, Adam Thielen was a ghost. He basically was non-existent on the team over those last three weeks of last season. Uh, so just based off of that, I, I leaned heavily into uh, Stefan Diggs, and I know Neil's numbers ran basically the same way. Yeah, the coaching change is really how what inf- influences the numbers the most. So we talked about that at length in the preseason. It's just the way that it's going to work out there. They, they, they want to feature Stefan Diggs as much as possible under that coaching regime. regime. And it's odd the way that it kind of shifted back to me at the start of the season, but it's kind of leveling out again. Stephon Diggs was supposed to be the wide receiver two in Minnesota. Someone who has been the wide receiver two on his team, though, is Marvin Jones, but he has been absolutely nailing it lately. Uh, ADP, Marvin Jones was going at wide receiver 38. Steve had him at wide receiver 34, and Neil, you had him up at wide receiver 31. He's currently wide receiver 14. Uh, just completely blowing away expectations. You guys are both high on Marvin Jones. How does that feel? Oh, people overreacted to Mar- they always undervalue Marvin Jones. They, yeah, they always undervalue. So. They always undervalue. And so he always outkicks his projection every year because of it on just about every major uh, rankings resource. He always gets overlooked. And as long as he doesn't get hurt, 
he always beats his projection. I felt good about it because last year he got hurt. So what are the odds he gets hurt two years in a row? Uh, very true. Uh, someone else that you has missed the season, not because he got hurt, though, Antonio Brown. Neither of you two were rostering Antonio Brown, and look what happened. Yeah, the head case. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I've been on Twitter for, I want to say six years. I've had my Twitter account active, something like that. I've never had a better tweet than Antonio Brown is doing everything he can to not be a Raider. I mean, <laughs> that is probably the so best accurate. tweet I have ever had uh, at this point. I think I that's just that's in the Hall of Fame. I'm just gonna print that out and hang it on my wall in the office here because that is just that could not have aged better. The first warning sign, Jack, was when he dyed his mustache. I don't. I didn't like that gold mustache, eh? No. No one dies with a mustache. That's a that's an insane person thing to do. Don't well, do the first like, sign was when they gave him the interview with said gold mustache, and he said, look at my house. I don't need the money. I don't need to play football. I'm fine without it. Yep. That That is also a warning sign. That is a if red that's flag. not red flag enough, I don't know what is. That is a red flag. Uh, one player who did not have a red flag on him, though, was Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley was consensus wide receiver 92. Uh, that was just, he was off the radar completely. No one interested in Cole Beasley. Uh, you guys both had him rated as a guy who's going to be pretty productive this season. Steve added him at wide receiver 72, Neil down at wide receiver 65. And he's currently the wide receiver 39 in fantasy football. Well, and a big part of that is getting rid of uh, Zay Jones and his butterfingers. So, yes. I mean, that, that opened up a big, big gap there in their offense. So. Um, yeah, he's filled in nicely there. We've said Cole Beasley underrated for years. I didn't think he'd be able to get to the heights he is right now. No, um, neither did I. He's out kicked even my projection and I was, right. I was, I felt like he would have a pretty good season, but by his standards, I should qualify that with, cause no one had a great season at wide receiver 65, but correct. We'll see if he can stay at wide receiver 40, but no, I feel, I, I, I felt like. They didn't pay him all that money to go to Buffalo to not play him. You know what I mean? So he was going to be on the field. It's just a question of how many targets he could actually amass in that time. And I agree with Steve and his his other uh, his other tweets about Zay Jones and his Land of Lakes endorsement that he should be getting any it's minute. A missed now. opportunity. I'm just saying. <laughs> but now that's the Raiders' problem for a fifth round pick. And again, when we're talking about that back end range, we talked about it in the preseason as well. Uh, when you're building your team, your roster construction, if you're playing PPR in a 12-team league, uh, you know most formats you've got three wide receivers and a flex. You should really be getting seven wide receivers to round out your roster. And if everybody does that, that's 84 players. So by having Cole Beasley where we had him, it, it wasn't that we were projecting that, oh, he was going to have the monster season he's had in his terms to this point, you know. It's just that he's somebody you should be drafting at the back end of your board just to hold on to because he could have a role. And yeah, that's, people, that's panned out were, to this point. He was being left completely unrostered. Yeah, he, he was going on undrafted. Cole Beasley had a certain role in Dallas where he was kind of a little check down guy. But since he's returned, that has gone back to Jason Witten, who was one of your favorite tight end streamers. Dumpe! Always go back to the Witten well. Jason Witten is currently the tight end nine in points per game. That's right. You're Somebody's welcome, gotta, America. Right, America. Somebody's got to go run those six-yard button hooks for Dak. All right? Like, what, are you going to do it? Huh? What, you want Picking him back in the Monday Night Football Five yards booth? at a time on his bloody stumps. Yeah, you want that Look at you. all day. Yeah, all day long. Six, six catches for 35 yards <laughs> and a touchdown on his stumps. What, do you want him back on the Monday Night Football booth? Nobody wanted that. This is better, okay? Everybody just let this happen, all right? Uh, Jason Witten may be playing on bloody stumps this season, but a player who basically may as well be because he's done nothing this year, Baker Mayfield. People had him up at QB5. Neither of you guys were drafted on that high. You guys knew neither of you were going to touch him, wasn't going to fall to you, just not someone you were interested in. He is the QB30 in points per game right now behind Chase Daniel, Ryan Tannehill, and Marcus Mariota. Yeah, make it Mr. Trubisky look good. Yuck. Yuck. No, I mean, I, there, there's nothing to add on that. 
Nope. He's been terrible this year. He's a guy that we liked. It's just not top five. Well, it's if some you're of it. Spin the pick. It, it's not worth it. We yeah, said that. There's no universe where I'm going to spend a pick on Baker Mayfield. This goes to our back to just the general philosophy around drafting quarterback in general. There's no way on this earth that I'm gonna that I'm gonna roster Baker Mayfield being drafted as a top five quarterback. That's just never gonna happen. Player who he's not a top five quarterback, but neither was the guy he beat out, except for he was once upon a time when he was drafted at number two overall. Marcus Mariota inevitably lost the job to Ryan Tannehill, something you guys called in the offseason. Yeah. You're welcome. Again. Yeah, again. We, I'll reference the QB annual from PFF. Thanks again, because that was how we figured that out, <laughs> largely, was reading Marcus oh, Mariota's, Mariota's, terrible. Wow, Mariota's QB annual was scathing. Scathing, Jack. <laughs> like, it's terrible. It was Absolutely not acceptable awful. in like any way. And I'm like, how is this guy still employed? <laughs> What's going on here? Like, Another thing yeah, you guys both nailed with uh, Mariota actually was Corey Davis. He's actually come back to life with Tannehill. Something that Neil actually called was Corey Davis was going to be much higher on his board if Tannehill was around. Yeah, yeah, that's it's what we both even, said. Is that it's not even because it Corey Davis be, is good? Has right. nothing to do it's with that Corey Davis. Tannehill's either. a better quarterback, so yep. everybody would have to move up for Tennessee. Yep, Tannehill by default throw the ball like where he's aiming it, whereas Mariota can't. From what is what I learned from the quarterback annual. So if Mariota's moving forward as he's trying to throw, his accuracy just nosedives. And if he's like not moving, his accuracy nosedives. But if he's moving to his right and moving forward, he can throw. But that's really it. Like, and it's like, uh, okay, that's horrible. Like, how does that even make it, It's just ridiculous. So, no, Tannehill, as long as he's not hurt and he's not playing for the Dolphins, is, is an upgrade over Mariota. Mariota is a player that kind of locked you into a certain way this season because he wasn't really producing much. Kareem Hunt locked your roster into a certain way because you just wasted a spot on him all season. He sat on your bench. Neither of you two rostered Kareem Hunt all year because why would you? Someone was going to drop him, something you both called, and now he's about to return. Hooray! Have you seen the, Brown- <laughs> Have you seen the Browns play football? I- <laughs> Like, <laughs> and it's already it's been reported that Kareem Hunt is going to be activated from his suspension. He'll be back, and that he's going to have a decent role in the offense. So he's going to cut into Nick Chubb. Will he be fantasy relevant himself? Maybe not, but it's going to hurt Chubb's value in some way. And, and this was our fear with Nick Chubb, which is why we were lower on Nick Chubb than everyone else in the preseason. Yeah, so we'll see how that now, pans out we'll long term. We got seven more games on that, so let's see how that Because, goes. again, it was building in the fact that when you projected out, he was going to be a top five to ten back in the first half of the year. But when Kareem Hunt cuts into his workload, he slips down into the 15 to 20 range, which for the overall season is why I had him at, like, I think 12 or 13, something like that in that range. But yeah, Kareem yeah. Hunt coming back. It's it's eyebrow raise for sure. Not but ideal. Again, yes, waste, wasting a draft pick on it. We yeah, said that, all along was yeah. a fool's game. Dumb, because you could have just picked him up at any point in the last like couple weeks, or you could have paid up for him literally yesterday in waivers, or you could have, if somebody else had him and you had Nick Chubb, you could have probably traded for something. Because after like six weeks, he had done nothing, just taking up space on a roster. You'd probably get him for cheap at that point. So there's no point in drafting him. Another player that you guys were drafting, weren't drafting, and were waiting until people started drafting, dropping him, Miles Sanders. You both thought that he'd kind of have a slow start to the year, slow first half, and then towards the second half, he'd pick him up. And Steve actually planned to pick him up around week four or five, right when he hit his kind of low point. And now moving forward, you might have him on your roster. Yeah, and I honestly thought Jordan Howard might disappear by now. And no, he is sticking around. Hanging around. I think Jordan Howard's going to be here for the season at this point. So that's just going to be a thing. But Miles Sanders back to relevance, as you pointed out. Have you seen the running back rankings? Right. Um, I mean, and and that's the thing, too, is like not only is Jordan Howard still around, he'll probably be around rest of season. But Miles Sanders, talented dude. Yes. I mean, oh, especially the opportunity. If something ever happens to Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders 
Top 15 back? Yes, and Jordan Howard will be on a new team. As his journey across the NFL continues. <laughs> as Miles Sanders as Miles Sanders will be flanked by Darren Sproles again for no reason. Uh, Wendell Smallwood after he makes his way back to Philadelphia. That's Jordan right. Jordan Howard will just continue to be the most hated 24-year-old running back in the NFL. Jordan, Jordan Howard will end up like in Tampa Bay. Like, why uh, you gotta wish that on people? I don't, but I'm just trying to. I actually was just trying to think of who needs a running back, and there's the list is not expansive. A team that does not need a running back right now is the Tennessee Titans because Derrick Henry has been dominating all season. You were both burned by Derrick Henry last year, and Neil, that's you seem not accurate. Yeah, that's, that's not accurate. That's not accurate. That's not accurate. I, I contest that. Uh, it's, I'm reading. I'm reading the quote. Uh, and he <laughs> said he would gladly be burned again. He had him up at running back 14. Uh, Neil, you were down at consensus at RB 20 and Henry is currently the RB nine in PPR leagues. Dunk. Yeah, fair enough. Look, it's a long list. It's a long list. <laughs> all right, we'll, uh, we'll move on from this one. I'm all right. Hey, with that. But no, 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 no. I can test it because Derek Henry didn't burn me last year. I was right. right. The, at the end, at the of, the end of the season, you were at right. At the end yeah. of the year, I was 100% we, we had correct that right. about yeah. every single thing I wrote about Derrick Henry in my giant love letter to him. It's just that he did it in the last six games of the season. Okay? Now, I I can only tell you what the point totals will be. I can't tell you how he's going to get there. I can only tell you that he will get there. So, you're welcome. A player who has got there so far, Neil, you had Josh Jacobs at running back 19. Consensus was down at RB 27. Steve, you're more in line with consensus. You're at around running back 24. Neil, really in on Josh Jacobs, was prepared to get burned by him. So far, has not been burned by Josh Jacobs. Dunk. He's yep, going to do the dirty work right. in the Gruden offense. Right on that one. That 1990s offense they're running in Oakland. Yep. So I know where not- you're going with the next one, and it hurts my feelings. <laughs> so this one is a little bit of a uh you guys it's a little bit of dunking on each other here so steve you had Cortland sutton down at wide receiver 46 137 overall neil you were right in line with consensus Cortland sutton wide receiver 38 wide overall player not 89 steve what was with the Cortland sutton hate so i loved Cortland sutton all <laughs> last year and I, I kept hyping him up every week, and I was saying roster him. I was saying dynasty leagues, you got to hold him. I was saying a quiet. I was all in on the Cortland Sutton bandwagon, and then I got burned. And then he got burned because Case Keenum. Cause Case is Keenum is bad at Case football. Case Keenum is bad at football. He got. And then they went and got Joe Flacco, and I was like, well, this isn't getting any better. So I'm just gonna get out on the Cortland Sutton. While I can. And I've been saying, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. Super talented. And in year two, he'll figure it out. And so far, I've been completely right about that. Because we both love Cortland Sutton uh, when he came into the league. Just for all the reasons you would love Cortland Sutton. Just look at him. He's huge. And he's so fast. And he's so just imposing. And I just referenced that play where he tossed that guy from the Chargers secondary just into the stands. And if I if I'm remembering right, I think we just had the Broncos receivers flip flopped. We did, I believe, if that's correct. I believe that is how that worked out. I think uh, I was just higher on Sanders, and you were ha- higher on Sutton. Yes, I think that is Ooh, how that. You happened. were indeed quite a bit higher on Sanders, Steve. You had him up at wide receiver forty-seven. Neil, you had him down at wide receiver seventy-three, and you were quoted as saying that you have him down with Tim Patrick. How has that played out so far? Oh, it's been. Uh... Working great until he got <laughs> traded to the 49ers. So I was actually feeling great about this after he had posted like a zero and a point one and was a total forgotten man in that offense as Joe Flacco is just hucking it to his boyfriend, Cortland Sutton out there just over and over. And, uh, and yeah. And then Emmanuel Sanders goes and gets traded after being critical of the organization to the 49ers. Now I'm wrong. So. Thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, you were not wrong, however, on Dak Prescott. You had him up at QB8. Uh, Steve, you were down at QB17 right along with consensus. Yep. Uh, and I'll, I'll let Neil take that one because this was the thing where I had him at uh, 15 in the mid-range. I didn't really trust it. 
and Neil had a whole logic behind it that has panned out to this point. It's all about Zeke. It's all about Zeke. If Zeke plays, he's the straw that stirs that drink and makes all the positive Dak Prescott stuff happen. If you go through all the numbers where Dak and Amari Cooper have played together with no Zeke, and when they all three play together, it's a world of difference. You need you need the whole thing to happen. You can't just have parts of it. So when Zeke was going to play, all the Cowboys taken up take, especially Dak, because all the loaded boxes that happen when Zeke is on the field allow Amari Cooper to do what he did on Monday Night Football, where he's just open, just running down the field, and that doesn't happen without Zeke. So as long as Zeke is on that team and playing, Dak Prescott's a top 10 guy. A player you did expect to stir the drink of the offense was Todd Gurley. You expected him to stir the drink of the Rams offense. You expected a lot from the Rams in general. Has not met expectations so far. Yeah, that, that, that has not worked out. Not be five, gentlemen. And to be fair, that's not so much Todd Gurley as it is the offense. I mean, it's not that that like that entire running back production isn't there. The fear of everyone else is that oh well, Daryl Henderson's going to come in and be a huge fantasy player, and how is that working out? Like, <laughs> just no running back in L.A. is doing good no, right now. Nobody's had success. They can't block anybody to try and run the ball and it's killing them for setting up the pass. So no, that's not worked at all. I'm still riding high off of my, uh, Malcolm Brown, Malcolm Brown, two touchdowns in week one. Uh, <laughs> a player that that's it. is, that's all is riding, a player that is riding high right now is Russell Wilson. Neither of you thought anything of Russell Wilson, Steve, you had him down at QB 15, Neil down at QB 14. Neil said that the Seahawks realized Wilson was not an elite quarterback. Yep. I said that. I do remember saying that that did happen. Uh, I'm going to need you to burn that recording and this recording. The points, the points would say we're wrong. The usage would say we're right. Okay, yep. because they still run the ball more than anyone else and refuse to let Russell Wilson throw it. It's just he he happens to have scored a lot of touchdowns. He's had a ton of touchdowns, which, uh, which, which I did not factor in. Did not factor in that he would have like an unprecedented touchdown pace this year and that DK Metcalf would actually really help them stretch the field on the limited amount of attempts that they actually do have. Didn't factor in how much that would help him. Really has. All right, and so I will leave you with one final player that you guys weren't completely wrong on. You both were in line with consensus. Austin Hooper, you both had around tight end 10. But, Steve, you were quoted this offseason as saying you would rather have Jason Witten than Austin Hooper. I stand by it. Season's not over. (laughs) I'm for old Stumpy. Stand by it. I stand by it. We'll do this segment again at the end of the season, and then you'll see. You'll all see. <laughs> oh, no, there's a few more names on this list that you could come at. I mean, we could talk about how wrong I was about Jared Goff. Real life, real Kendall come to life, Jared Goff. We could talk about that. I'm assuming that's on there for me. Uh, that was good. We could talk about Dante Moncrief. Uh, oh, yeah. Was really high on Dante Moncrief. We could talk about uh, Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mitch. I was high on Mitch. <laughs> That one hasn't panned out. We can talk about our boyfriend, Philip Rivers, our collective show boyfriend, Philip Rivers. That is, you're killing me, Phil. I still love you, but ugh. Ugh. Uh, and Jack, uh, I will fight you to the death because we are not wrong about Aaron Jones. So you watch your tone. Yeah. And we don't have time to talk about the Patriots defense for Steve to talk about how right he is. There's just not enough time in the second. You're all welcome, by the way. <laughs> Aaron Jones, you were right on his usage. You just had him down in the RB20s in rating. So you had the usage right, just the Still overall. Still have him in the RB20s. Right. <laughs> well, then he, has a, then he goes and has a four. So the, Exactly. The difference between like, Aaron Jones being where he is now in points per game and where he should be is the fact that he has like two 40s. He's the Deshaun Jackson of running backs. <laughs> No, C.J. Spiller was the Deshaun Jackson of running backs. Fine, he's the C.J. Spiller of the modern era. Are you happy? No, but I've never been happy. Also uh... fair. Well, thank you, Jack. That was very lovely. We appreciate it. Yep, appreciate Jack, it. Thank we you. will absolutely have you back for part two of Hot Take Time Machine. 
You're very welcome. Pleasure to have you guys. And I'm going to hop back in my time machine and uh, go dig up some more gold. Oh, we appreciate it. Uh, oh, get those nice. dinosaur bones. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Let me know who wins the World Series next year. I'd only well, he's backwards. going back in time, so that's not going to help oh, us. Oh, it only goes backwards. Okay. Well, take this $50 bill and go and put it in the bank account. And let me know what the routing number and uh, and uh, information is so I can I can get the money now. Because that's the only logical way to use time travel if you can only go back in time. <laughs> and then return to the present. You know, invest, invest in Apple. <laughs> Just make sure when you go back, you tell me to not be as high on Joe Mixon. I'd appreciate it. It would save yeah, me a lot of headaches. A lot of headaches on that. The internet, if you don't, if you don't know, is not forgiving. Hashtag analysis. <laughs> but uh, thank you, Jack at Javanaugh eighty seven uh, everywhere, including Facebook. We established that multiple times. El Mago, the magician, Jack, uh, Neil. Thank you at nonsense underscore Neil. Those two gentlemen will be back on Friday, and they will be joined by the nerd. Uh, I will not be here. So you will get to hear them talk trust or bust and all the news getting ready for the weekend and the bi-pocalypse. So uh, until then, keep up with everything on the website and keep up the nonsense. Catch Friday. Music for the Important Nonsense Podcast is provided by Benjamin Banger, Tritachion, and Admiral Bob. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with all the latest content on importantnonsense.com.